The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 87. What are the benefits of sports sponsorship? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, each week I like to provide you a special guest who's a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports sponsorship. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Jackie Fast. Jackie is a sponsorship specialist, keynote speaker and board of director at the European Sponsorship Association, where she helps organisations create and optimise media assets so they become viable marketing opportunities for brands to sponsor. Also, very recently, Jackie is the author of Pinpoint, where she explains how selling sponsorship is one of the most effective and profitable strategies in business when conducted the right way in the world of sports. I can happily say that this book is a fantastic read to any sports scholar who wants to pursue a career in the sports industry, especially in this sector. And for that reason, it's fantastic to have Jackie as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Jackie will share her sports career journey and explain the benefits of sports sponsorship. Jackie, it's great to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Well, my sports career journey is really my sponsorship journey. Um, I started working in, I guess you would say, corporate sponsorship or educational sponsorship with the Direct Marketing Association about 15 years ago. Um, And then I moved into sports sponsorship when I just did general sponsorship, probably about eight years ago. Um, And I was never really interested in sports specifically, but I'm really interested in how you create partnerships in, I guess, diverse industries or challenging industries and sports, specifically grassroots, was kind of going through that shift. Would you mind explain to listeners your academic background to how you got into sponsorship? Sure. I, I don't have a background or any education in sponsorship. My background, I, was, I used to be a mathematician, I guess, um, in university. I've got a degree in psychology and a minor in visual art, ironically. Um, and I happened to come across a job in which that they, they offered me to work in sponsorship, which I just did um, without any idea of what sponsorship was. And I happened to be pretty decent at it. So it wasn't that I kind of set out a path. I I quite honestly did not know what sponsorship was up until recently. Out of interest, just looking at the sports industry as a whole, how have you seen sponsorship have an impact in the sports industry from the last 20 years from your experience? Well, I think it's really changed just because of the way that communications have changed. So, you know, logos on kits were huge. You, If you wanted to reach a football fan, you could easily do that by supporting your local team or, you know, if you had more money, uh, you know, Barcelona Football Club. But now there are so many other ways to reach the football fan. You have Copa 90, you have all these networks. Um, 
you know, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things create hubs where you can communicate with like-minded people within, within a niche or quite honestly, not even within a niche, within any sport. Absolutely. Just relating to your career, just for the listeners listening in who want to work in this industry, what career skills have supported you looking back from the last 15 years? I definitely think an ability to work with people, especially in sponsorship and quite frankly within sport, because if sponsorship is about the pairing of two parts, you know, you are constantly working with somebody else. It's not like being an accountant where you can kind of show up, crunch some numbers and leave. If you are not able to read people, get on with people um, and quite honestly have fun with other people, it's going to be a struggle. Absolutely. It sort of relates to today's main topic. What are the main benefits of sports sponsorship? Well, as I mentioned, I think, you know, communications and consumers relate to the world around them very differently than they used to 10, 15 years ago, quite honestly, even five years ago. Um, We have, we're bombarded with, you know, 55,000 marketing messages, I think is the last stat daily, which means that marketers have a much more challenging role to play in trying to get their brand, what their brand stands for, out to people. Sponsorship helps cut through that by aligning with people's interests. There's no other marketing medium, I guess, that can kind of do that that effectively. Just for the people who are unsure how to get their foot in the door in this sector, what common mistakes have you seen where two parties don't get the benefits from sponsorship? Well, if you're looking at, you know, where are the mistakes that people tend to make when they get into sponsorship, I think not from a career perspective, but I guess from a from a general working perspective, most people don't understand the objective. Um, and I guess actually from a junior perspective, you may not understand the objective of why your brand or why your agency has decided to create this partnership. You're just on the ground at some festival flogging Tic Tacs. Um, so understanding what the brand's objective is, not just who you're working for, but also the, the partner that you're working on behalf of as well is super important. And I think far too often people kind of just do the job rather than trying to understand what they're trying to achieve. Was this the reason what inspired you to write your book? No, actually. Um, So I sold my company, I guess, uh, over a little over a year ago. And I, I kind of went through a journey with Slingshot where everything I thought I had that I knew, I, I didn't really. And I spoke to, gosh, thousands and thousands of rights holders. We worked with a thousand rights holders at least about their challenges. And the interesting thing that kept coming up is that every rights holder had the same issue. And it didn't matter if you were a television show in Ghana or a corporate event in Toronto, Canada, you know, everybody had the same issue. And over the course of the time that I was with Slingshot, you know, seven years, we kind of developed a framework that was really successful um, because of stuff that is inherent within people's thoughts. So especially when you go to sell sponsorship, there are personality and personal things that kind of hinder your success. And we found that to be recurrent time and time again. The book basically outlines those things. And I am potentially looking at taking a step away from sponsorship to look into getting into a new industry. So this was kind of more my, my, I guess, the stuff that I learned that I'm trying to pass down. That's awesome, Tia. Would you mind explaining to listeners, especially to students, what your book is about, what it's called, and how it could benefit them. Of course. So my book's called Pinpoint, How Challenging the Norm is the Only Route to Success in Selling Sponsorship. Although it has the word selling sponsorship in it, I think it's got some really 
robust learnings for anybody that is looking to work into sponsorship about understanding how the model works today. At the moment, so I read every single sponsorship book before I put mine out. Um, and every single book kind of talks about theory, so textbooks, or how to, how to do this, how to do that. Um, my book is neither of those things, which arguably could be not great for certain people. Um, but it's supposed to give you a shift in mindset about how you should be thinking about sponsorship in this current age where we're bombarded by 55,000 marketing messages, where it's so difficult, why sponsorship is so great. But if you don't take on the new principles of how marketers are going about with their brand, it's very difficult to implement a sponsorship campaign. So the book kind of outlines those types of things. And I would say you should buy it. <laughs> would you mind providing a case study of the book? I find it a fascinating book. You know, I read it within a week. The one that I wouldn't mind you talking more about was your pillow example with Hong Kong. Would you mind just giving a little more of an insight on that? Sure. Do you, uh, I can go through the story if you want me to. That'd be awesome. Fine. Um, so a lot of people, you know, I go to a lot of events and I specifically actually go to a lot of non-sponsorship events, but a lot of people kind of go to events and they throw stats at you. So, you know, Twitter's doing this, Facebook's doing this, you should do social media because it's so great. Look at all the wonderful things you can do. Um, and most people, I would say 90% of those people walk away from that, kind of nodding their head and go sit at their desk and do exactly what they had done before. Because although you can appreciate and understand it, it's very difficult to actually like relate to it. So the story that I always like to tell um, is, you know, if we look at the world around us, and it's so lovely to say, yes, Twitter and Facebook and social media, has, digital technology has changed the way that we work. But um, 10 years ago, you know, if you were to travel somewhere, so I, I always use a story that I'm, that is actually truth. Um, I'm really picky about pillows in hotels. Really, really picky. Um, I don't sleep very well traveling and I just need a proper pillow. So whenever I go on any kind of business trip, it's really, really important to me and it can ruin my whole trip. I have been known to take my own pillow from home to a hotel. Um, so if you took an example of my travels 10 years ago, even, um, and how I would go about my journey. Let's say I went to Hong Kong. I would kind of sit in the chair. I would open the in-flight magazine and it might say something like Hilton hotels in Hong Kong have the best pillows. Now, automatically that would catch my eye because pillows are really important to me and I'm traveling to Hong Kong. I would then come off the plane. There'd be an advertisement. It would say Hilton hotels have the best pillows. There'd be a girl that looks like me. Um, maybe they say something about the fact that it's got down pillows and maybe they're eco-friendly. These things are all important to me. She looks like me. So again, I'm reinforced that Hilton hotels have the best pillows in Hong Kong. I come off the plane, I go through security and maybe I don't go to the information desk because she obviously works there, but let's say I pick up a pamphlet and Hilton hotels is 30 minutes from the airport. So it's really close. I know they've got good hotels. It's pretty obvious. I would stay at Hilton hotels. But if you fast forward, I was just in Hong Kong, I think four or five weeks ago. Um, now, when I get onto the in-flight magazine, um, I don't even open it um, because I'm not interested in information. I just want to see what movies are playing. And the reason is, is because I actually went on TripAdvisor before I got on that plane. And you can type in the word pillows in Hong Kong and you can actually, there's 53, I think, references to pillows in all hotels that talk about good things and bad things about pillows. And let's just say it turns out that Hilton hotels don't have great pillows. So even if I opened the in-flight magazine, there was an advertisement that said Hilton hotels have the best pillows. 
I would know that's not true. Um, and I would just be like, oh, that's, that's silly. That's a lie. Um, I'd come off the plane. I'd see the advertisement. Let's say they still have the same 48 sheet with a girl that looks like me and they're still eco-friendly. You know, I would rather than think, wow, Hilton hotels have the best pillows. I would think, gosh, Hilton hotels are spending a lot of money on advertising to try to fix the bad reviews that they're getting on TripAdvisor. You know, I come through security and I would go straight to my hotel. And even if the CEO was in the room telling me I should stay at Hilton Hotels, I still wouldn't stay there because the information that I got was through my peers. The information I got were reviews. Um, and this hugely influences how we buy stuff. And it never happened before. Um, we never had that engagement with anything. We never had real time feedback things. So how we purchase, what influences us, what influences us to recommend stuff to our friends is vastly different. Um, and because of that, when you look about sponsorship, so that's obviously a marketing base, but when you talk about social media um, and digital activation in the context of sponsorship or sports sponsorship, you need to relate that because the world has significantly changed. It's no longer enough to just say, oh, we've got a Twitter account. We'll send some tweets. Thank you very much for sharing that case study. Jackie, just looking back from your time in sponsorship, what have you enjoyed the most from this part of your career so far? I really have to say I've met some really interesting people. Uh, my job has allowed me to work with some very cool people. So, you know, um, I went to Duran Duran's Christmas party. You know, I had breakfast with Richard Branson, um, you know, hung out on Necker. And it's, it's not even like the flashy stuff. You know, I, I worked with some really amazing people um, when I was working with the What Car Awards, who I still talk to today and still have lunches with today. Um, we, you know, I, I made a really good friend with Carphone Warehouse. We did a really great sponsorship. God, five years ago with Digital Unite, um, and I still hang out with um, the girl that I sold sponsorship to. Um, so I, I've just met some really smart, very clever people that have really been super supportive of my sponsorship journey. So I'm, you know, really grateful for that. That is great to hear, Jackie. I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in sports sponsorship? I think one of the things that is misleading is that you can kind of send in your CV and somebody will phone you if your CV looks interesting. Realistically, that's not true. Um, people get, at Slingshot, I think we used to get about well, it depends on the time of year, but at a busy time, we'd get about 15 unsolicited CVs a week. Uh, and I have to run a company. So the last thing I've got time to do is look through CVs. But saying that, sometimes I'd be on the train and if a CV came up, I'd look at it and if it was good, we'd, we'd bring them in. But most of the time, I just put them to the side or gave them to somebody else in my team to look at or manage or something. Um, most people, you know, and also agencies do have HR departments, but even then HR departments aren't always briefed about what to look for in people. So if you are really serious about a job and also, oh, wait, that I guess is the second thing. If you are serious about a job, what I would do is pick the agency, figure out what it is you want to do, figure out the clients you want to work for and why, and then go after that agency. And when I say go after, I mean call every day, try to get to somebody at the top. 
speak to the person in HR, show up at their office. If you know that they're speaking somewhere, go to that event, track them down, um, pin them down and say, you really want a job because it is so competitive. Everybody wants to work in sport and music because you come out of university and you think, Oh, that's a great job. I'll just do something that I already like doing. Um, but you are like one of a hundred thousand kids that are coming out of university, all doing exactly the same thing. Um, and it, it's just, it's just impossible to stand out. The second thing I would say about that, especially if you want to work in sports sponsorship is we used to ask the question, why do you want to work here? Um, and, and nine times out of 10, the answer was, I like sport. Now that isn't a reason to work in sports sponsorship because just cause you like something doesn't, doesn't, I like kittens. I'm not going to work for the RSPCA. So, um, you know, you need to really figure out what it is about the job that you like. And what I would say is, you know, your grad students, you don't really know, speak to people, reach out, find somebody in the industry, ask somebody to have a coffee with you. Um, even, even if it's not a coffee, cause sometimes coffees can be difficult. Just have a phone call. Um, you'd be surprised at how, how many people, would be willing to give back. Like almost everybody that I know, very, very senior positions in sponsorship, work, run their own agencies, would on, honestly, nine times out of 10, always do that. Always pick up the phone. Jackie, that is great. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? Um, well, I'm on Twitter, which is at Jackie Fast. Um, I'm on Instagram at the same handle. You can buy my book on Amazon by searching Pinpoint Jackie Fast. And I've got a website, www.jackiefast.com. Basically, Jackie Fast. Anything Jackie Fast, you should be able to find me. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Jackie, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Ed. Wow. What a fantastic interview by Jackie. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I first got introduced to Jackie at a live event in 2017 at Worcester University. And when I heard her for the first time, I sort of said to myself, I've got to get her on the podcast show because her enthusiasm, but most of all, her knowledge with regards to modern sports sponsorship to where it is today. And without a doubt, listening to her now and also her new book, which I recommend, it's literally a must read if you want to work in sports business because... If you want to understand what goes on behind the scenes in sports, it all comes down to that P2P principle, people to people principle of business, really understanding their needs and benefits, not just from a brand perspective, but also just value with regards to their customers they are serving. And this book just gives you real life examples which you can apply when working or getting your foot in the door when working with a sports sponsorship agency. But from a career perspective, especially the ending of what Jackie said about pursuing a career and getting your foot in the door, I really do hope you took that on board and apply it to your sports career ambitions going forward. And good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Jackie said, you've got to figure out what it is you like about that job and reach out to people for advice. You will be surprised how people are willing to give back information to support you with regards to your sports career ambitions.